Hi, I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelly, and this is a Court of Theories podcast, where we deep dive all things Akatar, Throne of Glass, and Crescent City. This podcast contains spoilers. So, Casey pulls up this video, and it's this person putting, there's a dip that you can make from Christmas tree cakes. Ew. Okay? Okay, well, you don't like them, but it's delicious. Okay? okay? So, he shows, he starts putting this up, and they're like, just like breaking up the Christmas tree cakes. And it's like Christmas tree cakes, like a little bit of milk, the cooey. <laughs> and, and it's that stuff. And he has, he holds his phone to my face and he's like, why do you never make this stuff for me? And I looked at him and I said, motherfucker, I made that shit Christmas 2020. That was COVID Christmas tree dip. That's what I literally fucking made. Took it to mom's house, had it in a Christmas bowl, laid out a goddamn dessert charcuterie board of like cookies and shit to dip into that. And I was like, I made that for you. And you know what he did? He looked at me dead ass in the eyes and said, no, you didn't. Bitch, you bet. I went through my (laughs) albums and I found where it was like everything was in the mixer at our house. And then it was in the bowl on the charcuterie board. And you know what he said? You know what he did? He looked at me and said, I don't remember that. I'm a, clearly. I can identify with him. Uh, you know what? Then, then you know what he followed up with? You don't make it enough. Okay. 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 You know what? We're done. <laughs> I am never going to let you have Christmas tree cakes ever again. But I want to know. I'm a little bit sad because I'm not sad. Why? I mean, I'm a little bit sad because I thought, oh, I've never seen this. I'm a genius. So I started like Googling stuff and then I come up with this post that's huge. And I'm like, wow, this is a lot of the stuff I was thinking about. This is amazing. (laughs) I've read like 2000 words at this point. And I'm like, who wrote this post? You know exactly who wrote this (laughs) post. You know what? You don't even have, you don't have to say anything else. You mean you didn't know when you were 2,000 words deep into this that it's Ugh. motherfucking Emily's theories? Emiego? Yeah. Our bitch? It is. What she got to tell me? What What are you going to tell me that she told me? Tell me. Let's let's do the first thing first. The, the worm thing. <gasps> yeah. This we isn't like- are worms. Also... <gasps> I love your bookmark. Tell me about your bookmark that you have in that book. This is special. It's called a dog ear bookmark. It's leather made by Case Leatherworks and it has my initials in it. Oh, that's it's so, so sweet. pretty. Oh, made just for you by made Case Leatherworks. Go to caseleatherworks.com and receive 10% off of your order with order code theories at caseleatherworks.com. And that's the plug. <laughs> um, <laughs> This, I had not noticed. This isn't like a theory. This is just like a, oh, looky there. Just more proof of how interwoven these universes are. On page 187 of House of Earth and Blood, Rune is, he's not saying it. We're just like seeing thoughts about the ordeal. Like he's like thinking about his own. He's thinking about when he pulled the star sword and all that crap, how he had to fight off Cormac and all that. R.I.P. Here's the couple sentences that I highlighted. Okay. The ordeal in itself varied depending on the person. For some, it might be as simple as overcoming an illness or a bit of personal strife. For others, it might be slaying a worm or a demon. God damn. 
Fucking so fucking Feyre. Was he going to start talking about bone swords? Well, well no, not yet. You're like it, well, and they're so like I there started, was this illiterate 19 year old. <laughs> no, but I was thinking because in in Crescent City, all the Fey go to the Oracle and they have like their futures told or whatever, and right. then they have their ordeal, and then they can make the drop or whatever. Did Feyre not summon a serial so he could tell her like what to do in the future, like stay with the High Lord, like blah blah blah. And then did she not go kill a worm? And so she essentially also had an oracle visit and an ordeal. And clearly they have remembered her ordeal because it's being passed down and it's here. Yeah, because a little human, illiterate human girl kicked that worm's ass and also caught a cereal though. And everybody's like, you can't do that. She's guess what? I'm going to put this chicken right out here. Get that extra salmonella all up in there for that cereal. And then I'm going to fight off a worm, which also Googling a picture of a worm. So scary. So scary. Not at all like the Alaskan bullworm. From <laughs> but so whenever you texted me worm, I so Googling a worm. Mm-hmm. So for people that, again, like the Alaskan bullworm from SpongeBob, just to interject for just a second, I Googled worms because I was like, OK, I want to see it's basically as far as fantasy creatures go what a worm is actually classified as because it's one of those where it's like what what the fuck is it actually because again when we all read akatar if you did not picture the worm in spongebob right you're lying yeah you're lying so it's actually classified with dragon so a dragon has two wings and four legs a wyvern has two wings and two legs a drake has no wings and four legs. A worm has no wings and no legs. And it is in mythology and fantasy. So it's a huge limbless and wingless dragon or dragon-like creature. And it is also compared to a sea serpent. And then kind of the last thing I really looked at was, is a uh, basilisk considered a dragon was a question that came up on Google. What the hell is that? So a basilisk is a giant snake and okay. it basilisk for all of my HP listeners out there. We all know that oh. Harry killed the basilisk. Okay? okay. And so it says over history, the basilisk has been depicted as a serpent, a lizard and hybrid creatures generally composed of the head of a rooster tail of a serpent and sometimes wings of a dragon though its appearance changes depending on its source. In other stuff that I saw it in mythologies and with worms basically having no wings and no legs with it considered a serpent, but it still fell under the dragon family, mm-hmm. then I posed the question, <laughs> is the Viper Queen a worm? And is that why Ariadne went to her? Because if... A worms are in the dragon family and Ariadne's a dragon. Is that why she was drawn to go to the Viper Queen? Because how else would she know to go to the fucking Viper Queen? Are you saying she's like a shifter or something? Maybe. We don't know a lot about her. Also, she is very shifty. Let's be honest. Hmm. She's there a trickster. Anyways, whenever you just texted me in all caps, worm, I was like, oh, what are we going to talk about? And then I was like, and then, of course, I had to Google what it looked like because it's scary. That's my little like take around, especially Rune mentioning worms. Is the Viper Queen? I think they're just talking about Pharaoh. I mean, they might be, but I was also just 
listen, I was building also, on it. What is the vibe? I want to know a lot more about her. Anyways, that's all I have to contribute. Now I'm going to eat my Christmas tree cake and you're going to tell me a story by Emily Ego. Not really a story. I'm just like kind of, which I haven't, I haven't found exactly what I'm looking for. And I could be wrong. I could not have all my facts in a row because I went looking for a lot of this stuff and didn't necessarily find it. Okay. So for example, when we talk about like the star sword, star born, let's talk about star people. Okay. Rune and his dad, Mm-hmm. The Autumn King. Yeah, when we first meet the Autumn King, I don't even know the context. He's telling them, he's telling him Bryce didn't have anything to do with the Maximus Tertian murders. And he's, I told you to warn her to stay quiet. And then Rune says something about checking out on his mom. And the Autumn King's like, I'm busy. <laughs> you tell her or whatever. And then Rune's like, you don't have a relationship. You bred her like a mare and sent her out to pasture. Cinders sparked through the room. You benefited quite well from that breeding, Starborn. Okay, so but then that had me thinking. Because Rune, in another page, it's around here somewhere. Oh, right here. 154, Rune was one of about a dozen fae princes across the whole planet Midgard and had met most of the others over the decades. But he stood apart as the only Starborn among them, among all the fae. Which, obviously, we learn later on, so is Bryce. But what if they're not starborn from the Autumn King? If Rune looks just... Okay, so the Autumn King has red hair, just like Bryce. But Rune is dark. And we now know that Rune looks exactly like Reese. And we know jack shit about his mom. But that she lives in a Valon. Which is real close to the Northern Rift, where they all walked in through. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if that's the Dusk Court, which we have theorized in the past, that they walked through the Dusk Court, they were trapped into Midgard through that. We read Bible scripture about that. Yeah. (laughs) And Thea. So Thea and her descendants were sent through and trapped. Okay? I have a feeling that a lot of them are a Valenfey. I don't know. Of course, they could move. But, like, you have a feeling that they're probably going to settle, like, relatively closely to where. Yeah. They were dumped. I could be wrong, but anyways, I'm thinking what if Bryce and Rune have starborn powers through their moms instead of their dad? And you're like, that's weird. Why would they both have starborn powers? Whatever. But I'm thinking, okay, I think about Ember's description, her physical description. She has dark hair, just like Rune. Like Mm -hmm. it basically the way they're described in the book. I didn't write that down, but basically how they're described in the books is like Rune could look like he could be related to Ember essentially. So I'm like, if the star sword belonged to Thea, not Peleus and Rune, because Rune thought he got that from Peleus, but then they find out Adis tells them that it was Thea's light and Thea's light is what Bryce has, but the Autumn King doesn't have it. Rune's mom, it sounds like, She's been sent to live in a cage, essentially. He says she doesn't like you use a TV or microwave or anything. So she seems like. Which is very like. We, well, like what we call like cloak and dagger. She's yeah. not about using that stuff. Right. But then the way the Autumn King is like. You were a part of that breeding. And then also. Why the fuck would he go after a human why the fuck would he be interested in Ember? Which we've asked this question before. Yeah. Like, why would he be interested in her? And also, is there not a line that talks about 
the power still running through a human line mm-hmm. that has been lost. Mm-hmm. So what if it's the moms that have the starborn lineage? Yes. I, I don't disagree with you. I Sorry. I don't really have answers. I don't I, have a fully formed theory. I just wanted to like bring up these points I'm finding and see what you had to say. Okay. So I was just processing what you said because I'm convinced that the Autumn King is a descendant of Eris or in some way, shape or form related more to Eris than to anyone else. Just based on like descriptions and then just personality. Also, I just am very convinced that it's an Eris descendant. And the more we learn about Eris and I think the Autumn King has, he's clearly very self-motivated and power hungry and he wants that back. Also, why is he called the Autumn King and there's no other seasonal yes. king? I think that is brought down. I, he has to be in some way, shape or form related to Eris. Can you imagine they all come into Crescent City, the Akatar, they all come in and there's that moment where I imagine in like a superhero movie where the whole group is like running and then like they like crest over, come over the crest of a hill and then there stands the Autumn King and they're all like, and they're like, what the fuck is Eris doing here? (laughs) And that's just what I picture. We haven't really dove into this theory, but we have definitely brought it up before and I have it like saved to do a big breakdown about the Archeron sisters being starborn. Yeah. I do still believe that. Yes. And, but we don't know enough about their parents to decipher, was it Mama Archeron or Papa Archeron? But with it being that like all three of them could possibly be starborn and all three being female, who's who's to say? I was going to say, again, people, you might think, okay, the Archerons were human. Yeah, but... First of all, her name is Feyre. <laughs> Feyre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 J- just for all of you that might have missed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever she goes under the mountain, Amarantha makes a comment about uh-huh. her name being an old Faye name, essentially. Yes. And Feyre internally is like, I'm so glad she didn't ask my family name. Why? Why? Why would that matter? Exactly. Also, you sent a thing about it this week. I don't know that we've talked about it on the podcast and I remembered it, but I also thought I didn't look it up, but I wanted to do that. But you talked about Papa Archeron getting carving whirls and swirls into the door yes. or whatever. I almost thought that Pharaoh says he paid someone to do that. It was thought to protect against fairies or something. And she was like, I don't think it did shit. Clearly Tamlin was just like, Rah! regardless. Like, yeah. It's likely like word marks. Yes. And honestly, it could just be very poorly done where it was some like major magistrate from out in Timbuktu that was like, oh, I know all these. And they're not even like real word marks, yeah. but he just saw them probably in an old book from Terrison that <laughs> they found in some library. But yeah, that blew my mind. But So we don't know shit about Mama Archeron. We know that Nesta hated their dad because he didn't send help to get her when she was sick. But then Nesta also makes comment about how her mom loved her dad, like the only one she loved or something like that. Yeah. But then she also gets mad because she says that like her mom had contempt for her dad for them losing their fortune. And whenever she died, Nesta felt like she picked that up and continued carrying it essentially. And which sounds, I'm just going to sidebar. That sounds like a very like witch thing. Like that's true. Yeah. 
passing right. on from female to female. Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds very. There's like a lore in the fandom like, oh, he lost his fortune because of a bargain. Like they made a bargain. That's why she got sick yeah. and they lost her fortune and all this stuff. And like, I think that's very plausible. And then you think about that. And so whenever Papa Archeron goes to the continent. Right. And then comes back with not only Vasa, but all these ships and shit right on time. Like, what could he have possibly said to Koshche to allow him to release Vasa? Exactly. Who was he? Even if it wasn't necessarily what he said, who was he for him to walk in? Because it you or know, have anything that Koshche yeah, would want? Exactly. Because he is this powerful and we've talked about him in so many facets of who he could be who clearly he's very powerful that he can trap Vasa and to this lake and for him to let her be free Papa Archeron either because of Mama Archeron was like oh okay or he himself they both could have been something mm-hmm and it could have very well, Papa Archeron could have been in like an Aelin sense. Aelin suppressed all of her when the magic fell in Throne, Throne of Grass. It She suppressed it in her other, basically her shifted form was a human form. That, that, that being something that could happen, why would that be any different with Papa Archeron? And if he lost it in a bargain or whatever the bargain could be, he's stuck in this human form. And, but then he's still able to show up and be like, I'm, Papa Archeron, blah, 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 blah. And Coach says, holy shit, what's up? You're the Shaquille O'Neal of the Fae world. Yeah, let's go. You can have Vasa for a hot minute. Go let her start a thruple and then come home. But I think that at some point there had to be some pull between either Papa Archeron or Mama Archeron. But it could very well have been more Mama Archeron because... Again, with the witches, it's passed like female to female. So mm-hmm. why why would it not be possible for Mama Archeron? And maybe she was in some point, because if we were basing it off of Throne of Grass, <laughs> Throne of Glass, I really tried to say it right that time. <laughs> Throne of Glass is the past, Akatar is the present, and Crescent City is the future. If we're looking at it in that universal like timeline then we're passing on from the witches in throne of glass we don't really see a lot of witches you have like the healers and you have those but you're not really you don't really have a quote-unquote witches like we see with manon or but maybe that has that was like a transitional thing where they become more like the Clothos. And, and then you come back into Crescent City where it's like a resurgence of actual witches like Hypaxia. And it goes from woman to woman through the ages. Maybe Starborn is woman to woman through the ages. And then maybe that's why the Oracle, if because if Feyre is Starborn and then Reese is Reese, the most powerful High Lord of the Night Court, and they're... Bing, bang, boom. But why is he the most powerful High Lord? I don't know. Did I send you that art of his like beast form with Feyre in front of it? Yeah. That is pretty bitchin' if that's... Anyways. And then whatever I've his... I've seen another one that I actually really liked because the beast form looked scarier. Hang on. Ooh, send it to me. I like a good scary beastie form. But 
and I'm just talking through this because it's okay. So if Feyre came from, clearly her family name was going to is going to be something, and then we don't know Reese's. This is the one I was talking about. Don't send me an ew. But oh damn it, that's a video. Hang on. Oh, we don't know videos. And and then they're obviously like then they have Nick's, and so then they have combined. What could essentially be, obviously Reese is very powerful, but for Feyre to have a powerful family bloodline and then, yes, it got passed to Nyx, but then maybe after post Nyx, Nyx just has, I have seen that one. You're right. I'm obsessed. Okay. Hang on. There's something else I want to show you. Do you want to see the, what, do you want to see a screenshot from Sarah's deleted Pinterest board of yeah. some kind of. She literally anything. just saved it to the board called A Court of Thorns and Roses, but it's some kind of hellhound. This is scary. I'm ready. <gasps> okay, I have also <laughs> seen that because people were losing their minds because it's it, it's basically a depiction of, oh my gosh, the, what's the Egyptian god? No, but it's real scary. No, it is really scary. Anubis. So that's basically a depiction because it's an Egyptian god funerary practices and the care of the dead and it's represented by a jackal or of a man with the head of a jackal but it is that creepy yeah you're right hellhoundy and i'm obsessed and i think that definitely might play more into crescent city or like the vibe of the demons that come back because that is like the cristalos like i see them i mean i know that there's lots of like really scary but in a way it's like that, but a little bit more terrifying. I will definitely have to link these these two versions of Reese's beast form and then the scary jackal, Anubis. Um, but anyways, so maybe the family line between Farah and Reese got down to where it's, you know, Ember in some way, shape, or form. Because Ember is described where it says, her physical description is Ember looks a lot like her daughter Bryce, she has long black hair with freckled skin, full lips, high cheekbones, and dark eyes. Which, I mean, Bryce has her red hair, and but I don't know. I feel like her physical description, those darker elements of her, why could that not be from the Starborn side of things? And then also for it to be passed on, because not necessarily it's strictly female to female descendants, but maybe that's why also the Oracle is like the family line ends with Rune. Here's an interesting line in this. It's actually a Reddit post. Oh, shit. You did it again. It's going to be five years before you touch. Don't touch anymore. Okay. You're done. I need like a headset or something. What? Like a headgear? Yeah. Where <laughs> no, I can't like, screw Han- this up. It, like Hannibal Lecter like, I feel like attaches it to your face. When I listen to my episodes, I'm like, Olivia, you're too far away from the mic. I, know. I move a lot. It's like, I Yes, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. What if I really though? What if I like headgeared it to your face? <laughs> <laughs> what if I had Casey uh, make a, a leather like horse harness? It's very, it's very kinky. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> that fits onto your face. And then my brain went. Sorry, Jameson. I'll be late tonight. Casey's <laughs> fitting me for a leather mask. I don't think so. No, a leather face harness. <laughs> it doesn't sound better. Jameson, it sounds Jameson worse. would be like, how can I hook that to our new headboard? <laughs> <laughs> he would be so embarrassed if he ever listened to this. <laughs> 
Casey has to hear it sometimes in real time. I was like, why don't you ever listen to our episodes? He said, I literally hear it. (laughs) I was there when it was written. (laughs) Some nights I can't go to sleep because... (laughs) He's fine. Don't let... He's not even here. (laughs) Okay, anyways. Oh, sorry, sorry. This is from the post from Emily that I am reading that I got on because I was looking into stuff about the Starborn. And so she she likens Bryce to Brandon. Brandon had brandy colored eyes. Bryce has whiskey eyes. Brandon had red hair. Bryce has red hair. Both are described as having golden skin, which is interesting. But this is what I want to share. It says, further, it is presumed that Bryce and Rune inherited the Starborn powers from their father's line. What power does their father have? Fire, just like Brandon. Cormac, who is also connected to all of this, as Bryce's star glows for him, also curiously has fire powers. I just had a thought with, and it's when you said golden skin. What if it's Lucian and Elaine? And if Elaine is starborn, that'd be good. And then her and her, she doesn't reject the mating bond, and because also with Lucian, and we've talked about this. So maybe like, they, maybe she doesn't want to hook up with. Maybe okay, we've talked about this like. Elaine sees something bad in their future, so she doesn't want to be with Lucian because of that. What if she knows that her kids get trapped in Midgard? Maybe or that they get stuck in Midgard. Right. Maybe it's not necessarily anything in their lifetime that is bad. It's it's so much farther into the future. I guess we'll find out if Elaine just passes out in right. the beginning of, of right. Flame and Shadow after right. she She's sees like, Bryce. Right. Like- <laughs> I mean, because okay, but I'm not done. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. One more little thing. We'll we'll come back. We'll come back to Lucian. Um, Okay, so we said Cormac also has those powers. Which interestingly, Cormac's last name is Donald. Isn't that Rune's mom's last name, Donald? Yeah, they're yeah because they're cousins. So there's fire on both sides. So my theory about like it being maybe their moms, yeah, still holds. Okay, yeah. Additionally, it is repeatedly mentioned throughout Crescent City Two, Sky and Breath. That Bryce is yet to learn the full extent of her power. But what more could the power of a star possibly do? If we know Mala's, Mala Firebringer from Throne of Glass, Mm -hmm. if we know Mala's raw power takes the form of a star, and therefore so does Aelin's, does this mean that Bryce's full power is the same as Aelin's? Yes, 100%. Because the reason we do not know the last names of many Akatar high lords is because they descend from Throne of Glass characters. Absolutely. I am fully fully, on board. Fully on board with that. And I think we talked about that probably across multiple episodes. Because Akatar, no last name. Like nobody has a last name. Yeah, barely. Crescent City, more people do. Yes. And Throne of Glass, we love a last name. Oh my. Aelin, Ash River, Galathinius, Whitethorn. Something I think I got those out of order. <laughs> yeah. Either way, there's so many that you just can't keep them quite in the right order. And also, if we want to add in Selena Sardothian or yeah, they say Selena Sardothian in the okay, okay. audiobook. I was scared. I was like, no, "You're good." I was like, "That's I, I, that's that, how I read it." I was gonna say that is something that I it's I a mouthful. I have to listen to some audiobook of anything because I want I need to know how things are pronounced. Aelin, Ash River, Whitethorn, Galathinius. I did say that out of order. You did, but still, you know what? I'm going to give you that that was close enough, like in horseshoes and hand grenades, because number one, not only does she have a bajillion last names, just a bajillion names, they're all really long. Mm-hmm. We're not throwing in like an Anne or a Wells or what, an easy portion of a name. 
Like I used literally two of mine <laughs> as an example. But what if it's Lucian and Elaine? Because he's split between Lady Autumn and Helian. Day, yeah. Day and Autumn. You so have that golden skin. He's that got fire, fire. That star. And then we've the got day. we've got Elaine, who if we and we will talk about it because it's a really big theory of the Archeron sisters being starborn. And I, there, I've read through it to this where next book has to be Elaine's, right? Oh, for Agatar? Yeah. First off, homegirls, you should know. And I'm like, I know, but I'm like, so is it an Azriel Lucian Elaine POV? Are we getting three? Or are we just getting Elaine and Azriel? Because if we do that, but then also, or is it in Elaine Lucian Azriel Gwen? I know, but I guess she could go another way and like it be like Azriel's book or something, but it would just be weird to have four favorite books, one Nesta book, and then. Asriel? Yeah. <laughs> but why? He does have the biggest wingspan. Could He could have his own book. Yeah. Also, I know he's the kinkiest in bed. Sarah has said that he is. Can you imagine those scenes? Jesus Christ. He's like, come with me, Gwen. Oh, I just gave up. Yeah. What? <laughs> Elaine? What? Sorry. Huh? Anyways, I've like blown my own mind, though, about the Lucian and Elaine thing. What if... Could be. And that makes me think because Emily definitely has a theory about Lucian and Elaine being some statues in Crescent City. Yes. Based on Elaine saying the whole, I can hear your heart beat in the stone. Can you hear mine? It's it's so creepy. That line is just so creepy. Like, even without really reading, like first time reading through it, diving in through theories, my mind went, that just being entombed in general regardless of statues oh oh my god yeah okay yeah and then pharaoh's there's people in the stone yes in the prison yes they totally get stuck in midgard yeah they totally do they'd almost have to because those are two separate references about voices yeah voices in the stone and then Bryce says that she feels like those statues are watching her. Yes. Like they're alive. So that's three books. Oh, God. Three books. Also, I think... I can't Shit remember. like this just makes me crazy. My, okay, so my sister started reading Akatar this eee! week. My sister is a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Uh-huh. Huge. So she like keeps texting me. She's like, oh, this sounds just like blah, blah, blah from Lord of the Rings. And I'm like... You're like, I don't know what that means. I, I don't, but I'm just like... I'm not saying that she didn't draw inspiration from Lord of the Rings, but I know that they, Tolkien and Sarah have both pulled a ton from mythology. Yes. So I'm like, it could be from the same mythologies, but I don't know. Anyways, my sister's like, if I was watching my dad get beat up, I don't think I would shit myself. (laughs) And I'm like, I get it. And I said, yeah, that's a joke. And like the fandom or whatever, the watery bowels thing. But I'm like, I like to think of it as like her, a roiling stomach. Like she's getting nauseated. Right. it's It's more of that like, whenever something is that oh shit moment and like whenever they talk about I like like, to think she's not actually shitting her like your stomach drops yeah it's yeah you get that dropped feeling that crampy feeling like you're yeah because it again as someone with a lot of anxiety that it lives in your gut yeah I mean (laughs) it it just takes a second enough about poop (laughs) never enough (laughs) about poop anyways I keep telling Madeline I was telling her yesterday I'm like 
it pisses me off whenever I see people saying that Sarah is not a genius. I know that all this stuff is like coincidence or it's so convenient how she makes this bubble. And I'm like, it's not convenient. She planned stuff so thoroughly. I actually made a, I need to look this up. I made a, <laughs> I was scrolling Reddit the other day on my phone and I saw it is, I try not to even engage on there cause I get so angry, but I saw something and it was like, Please convince me to keep reading Crescent City, and I get so sick of those posts. I'm, but I talk oh, about you know I talk what? about it. I don't all. think anybody. I don't think anybody responded. I talk about it all oh, the I'm time. I'm not locked in. That's why. Oh, so everyone's going to respond, and they're coming for you, and they're going to come burn our houses down. It's possible, but it just kills me. And I know I've said this, and God bless it to our one listener that loves us. Thanks, Rebecca. <laughs> We love you and we're so happy that you listen to us. And and your, your Instagram message this week just came at like the absolute perfect time. If we really needed that. We really needed that. And it just, we just appreciate the fact that someone appreciates the work that we do for this because we've poured ourselves into this. And granted, it comes from, it's a labor of love because we love obviously the massiverse and we're we, enjoying it, but I'm really glad that somebody else is enjoying it. Yes. Too. It just ma- again, makes it just oh, all those hours of editing just makes it so nice that someone really appreciates it. So thanks Rebecca. Let me read you this. Post. Oh, Convince no. me not to DNF house of sky and breath guys. I'm stuck. I'm about to start chapter 28 and I feel like we are just trudging on through filler. I'm close to DNF. Is it worth staying till the end? Yes, you stupid Listen, bitch. This, was, this is what I commented. Sarah's books are long, but there's no filler. All of it is important, but it won't always be obvious in the moment. And then I bounced out of there. <laughs> I got two upvotes. I bet I have a thousand downvotes. <laughs> oh, it hasn't. After so many, does it just stop showing you? Like, no, like, it, like, <laughs> I'm if, kidding. It like does a net. If you get a hundred upvotes, but 99 downvotes, it looks like you have one upvote. Oh, it's no. like a net. Yeah. <gasps> I well, bet I have a lot of down. Yeah, but at least you're in the positive. I was nice about it. Yeah. I didn't like I wasn't like you you're a dumbass. Oh, you learn how to read you, critically. You yeah, dumb bitch. Yeah. I didn't say Feyre. that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't say that, even though that was probably what I said out loud in my house. That's why I was <laughs> that whenever it's like, should I DNF? And until I was like, no, bitch. Like. This one person, I personally didn't like HOSAB in its entirety. I don't think four pages are worth it to change my mind completely over a book, but that's just me. Oh, is she talking about the ending? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, I'm sorry. Again, and we have talked about this over multiple episodes. I'm sorry that your (laughs) critical thinking skills are trash. The eye roll emoji. Read it. Don't read it. Every day with this shit. Yeah. Wait, did I post that comment? So good. <laughs> it's, you know what? It, again, critical thinking skills. Also, it's massive world building. Also, go, everybody that is like, I'm going to sit through 37 three hour long movies that involves massive world building across a multiverse, but yet you can't sit down and shut the fuck up and read a goddamn book with, for the exact same effect. Use your fucking imagination, you pieces of shit. Listen to this comment. In my opinion, and many others, Throne of Glass doesn't get good until Air of Fire. And my God, does it get good. 
Kingdom of Ash might be my favorite SJM book. Empire of Storms is incredible. Queen of Shadows, Chef's Kiss, and Era of Fire is excellent. But P.S. I DNF'd Assassin's <gasps> Blade, and it was fine. No, it wasn't, bitch. No, you it missed a lot. You missed a lot. <laughs> there is so much shit that you're gonna that you read through those. I'm books gonna get out of here. I'm gonna that, have a hard get time. out of there. That you missed. Well, that's just like today. Okay, just while we're just talking about threads of things, you sending me today the person that commented that. And I don't know what the video was on Instagram because you just screenshotted me. But the people that are like, fuck this fucking post for just going straight into with no fucking spoiler warnings and like for a throne of glass for a throne of glass book and someone and I see that you liked it. And someone said, y'all, the books have been out for a decade. You don't need spoiler alerts. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to trust but verify when these were fucking sent. And then, of course, I, you know, my response to you was very long that I said I was going to curb stomp this bitch's ass. <laughs> but Throne of Glass was published in 2012. Yeah. It is 2023. We're about to be in 2024. And KOA. If you haven't read it, that's fine. That, I just read the Throne of Glass series this year. That's fine. But if I saw spoilers, I wasn't going to get mad. Well, also, you know what? That moment that's also Kingdom of Ash was in 2018. It's almost 2024. You know what? Again, if you haven't read it, but that's you've never read Lord of the Rings. But I'm right. sure that number one, your sister sends you. She sends me memes all the time. All the time. And you're like, <laughs> I don't understand it. But so the moment that you would ever read or like watch Lord of the Rings, you'd be like, holy shit. I do. I was going to say, I do research the context yes. a lot of times. You're like, holy shit. And so I do know some references and I try to send them to her because I'm like, I feel like you're it trying makes her to. Happy. Yes. Yeah. I see she what you're trying to do. She said something the other day and I was like. You have my sword. (laughs) She was like, you are trying for me. Yes, I am. I'm like, first off, no one, if if the book has been, if it's been within like, honestly, for me, eight months, not, I'm going to skip over six months because it's like, sometimes we've seen, especially whenever the supply chain issues and that really did affect books being printed and not necessarily being able to get your hands on stuff, the economy. So sometimes it takes people just a smidge longer to get to some books. So I'm going to give you eight months. After eight months and you're on fucking Instagram and you come across something that someone has probably hilariously posted about that might contain a spoiler, you can go fuck yourself. Because at that point, if you are actively still on Bookstagram and or especially Bookstagram and you have not gotten into what is a popular book then you know what you deserved that spoiler at that point if you're that invested in bookstagram or you look at something you're like whoa and you just keep going yeah don't be you can't be mad about it don't be a freaking bitch about a book that came out when the last book in that series came out in 18 are you kidding me (sighs) people i'm like you know what i hate everyone i hate everyone I hope everyone chokes. Thanks for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not uh, you guys. Not you guys. I did just pull up Bookstagram. Oh, God. Amazon updated their stock photo of Iron Flame. I saw that drama. And it doesn't have sprayed edges on it. People are pissed and freaking out. Someone put on here. So it's the spicy reader on 
Instagram and I like her. But yes, never seen a collective group lose their minds faster. And then it says edited to add. You will still get your sprayed edges copy if that's what you pre-ordered. Sure. That's what they said for the first or fourth wing too. And people got regular edges. I saw a ton of people that they were like, well, I pre-ordered this. And then they got with Amazon customer service and Amazon was like, sorry, we ran out. Or it was people that pre-ordered it. And basically it's whenever you get fucked because in like elementary school, because you're towards the end of the alphabet. Oh wait, that was my entire life. (laughs) And you, you didn't get what like, Oh man, I want this flavor of whatever the fuck, because my last name started with a goddamn W. I never got anything good. So it's like, Whenever Amazon did it the first time, people were like, no, I pre-ordered this as soon as I could. And they're like, sorry, you just, you missed out. And they're like, what, what, what do you mean? I, I have no dog in this fight. I don't care about those books, but it's not necessarily those books. It's the spray. No, I get that. Yeah. 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 I get that. That's just the book that it happened. Can we talk about the iron the fourth wing holiday edition that's super limited print but they've been taking pre-orders for two months now oh my god like quit advertising it it's obviously not a limited print and like books a million yes they're like the biggest yeah they're the biggest one that is really pushing that it's so limited i think a lot of people are just really pissed off about it and also i don't think that the pre-orders are selling because as much as I think they thought they would, because, okay, so it has like what those two bonus chapters in it, in Zayden's point of view, she's literally going to post those to her website. So people are like, then I don't need the book. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with Flame and Shadow. Everybody's like pissed off that all the different chapters, which, which I get. But yeah, Bloomsbury's going to publish, like they're going to be And online. even if they don't, there are some magical, wonderful people that, and that post the bonus chapters for everyone. I think that I can't remember what episode it is, but literally in our show notes is the link to all of the bonus chapters for I think just all the bonus chapters that she has put out so far, which like Flame and Shadow, there's a bajillion and five. Literally every edition is a new bonus chapter. (laughs) It's a whole new book of just bonus chapters, which I love. I'm here for it. As a physical book lover, we've all found ourselves in major need of a bookmark when we've been rudely interrupted while reading. Interruptions like your job, your needy pets and family, or your spouse wanting to tell you all about a random thing that they've been doing, all while you're at a really good part. Don't they see that we're reading? And in those moments, we've all found ourselves having to grab for a receipt, a post-it note, a scrap of paper, or the absolute worst dog earing your page. Well, in those moments, Case Leatherworks has you covered. Their dog ear bookmark fits perfectly over the corner of your page, so you never lose your place. Their products are made with top grain American leather in a variety of colors, and you have the option to customize your bookmark with your initials. Along with their bookmarks, they offer a variety of home good products that's perfect for any reading nook. Support small business by visiting caseleatherworks.com, and our listeners will receive 10% off your first order by using code THEORIES at checkout. That's offer code theories at caseleatherworks.com. So while you're doing that, I will say that I did look up the fairy wards on Farah's door. Oh, yeah. Did he pay for those? Okay. This is the user is Smart Llama. 
says, so I'm rereading Akatar for the second time. Oh, this was a year ago. I was like, only the second time? It's a year ago. I've read every mass book this year, so lots of it is fresh in my mind. Since there is so much crossover slash potential crossover, hey, this passage in chapter two of Akatar stood out. The traveler who carved wards around the Archeron household after trading for a daddy Archeron wood carving. I knew it. The man, and then it's in quotes, so... It says the man claiming some high fade blood in his ancestry had just carved the whorls and swirls and ruins around the door and windows. And then they put on here. Could these be word marks? They are also whorls and swirls and runes that don't mean much to look at. If you don't know what they are, maybe in the coming books, Pharaoh will be exposed to word marks and remembering these. I like it. I like it. So yeah, the man claiming some high fae blood in his ancestry. I know. I'm like. Holland. <laughs> God. Jesus Christ. He. He was highburn. I, I like have that in my head. But he was like human. Actually, no, he was like probably Volk because of his dad. Yeah, because. I'm pretty sure that he was conceived after, I think, I don't think it was ever outrightly said, but I'm pretty sure that he was conceived after the king was taken over. Yeah, he was. It, it does say that. Does it say it? Okay. I was like, sure. I was like, is it just implied or did they say actually like once they realized that the king was not truly himself with his a demon deep in his soul, just like me. He's, I really thought some of the stuff I brought today was going to be bigger revelation than it was. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I liked it though. I'm very convinced about Lucian and Elaine. That's the biggest takeaway for me. I I'm do th- like it. I'm theorizing that. It just the way you look to me and you're like, what? <laughs> also though, I do like it. That picture that I sent you from SJM's now deleted instagram or not instagram shit pinterest oh scroll please where it is yaz the bookish put it on hers that she had saved in an akatar board and it's literally illusion yeah definitely and it's this drawn photo of this carved out goddess of a man (laughs) who has scars across his eye this long hair and it's like charcoal sketched and it's long hair that could possibly be red locks. And then he's holding a woman with basically like flowers braided into her hair. And it looks just like Elaine and Lucian. She's not going to reject the bond. I'm just so convinced that they're, that they're going to figure it out. And then she's starborn and he is, you know, half autumn, half day. And then they're going to go on. And then everything that's happening in Crescent City is all because she didn't reject the mating bond. But it was beautiful while they were alive. <laughs> and I want them to have beautiful babies and not be trapped in stone. That's what I want. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm really interested to see, like, how this all plays out, bro. Us and 750,000 other people that pre-ordered this Shut book. Up. I just mean. <laughs> no, for real, for real. I just mean like the whole timeline thing between the three series. Oh, for sure. I'd love to. I just. 
I would just love to know how, because time is just a construct and it's not real, but I want to know Sarah's interpretation across her worlds. Is it really the past, present, future? Or is it like some weird sandwich of a universe between the 26 layers of Shrek's onion that is laying on top of each other? Can they actually do anything to stop shitty stuff from happening? Like, Yeah. Is it... And again, people that are just like, oh, it's a bunch of bullshit. There were four Spider-Mans in one movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to let it go. Because I'm like, there's those people that are like, but yet they're going to go sit. And again, not, not shitting on... The Spider-Man movies, not shitting on the Marvel Universe, because listen, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's intense. That is full breakdowns of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know why that's any different than this. Yep. Can there be, what if there was four Nestas all at one time? Terrible. Oh, God. There would be so many. God, she just really had this love for chopping off heads. And can you imagine just, she was the queen of hearts from Alice in Wonderland. Off with their head. Done. Imagine four of them. Cassian would be like, it's just one Cassian and four Nestas. (laughs) Bless him. Be the, that'd be better than that like threesome situation that we never got to read about because Bloomsbury decided to be a bunch of bitches and cut that out from the book, Nesta's Daydream. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that to just leak out. It's a decent amount of fan art. Oh, for sure. But also Team Azurus, forever and ever. The wild stuff, that video that you sent me. Okay. Let's talk about Azurus for just a minute before we wrap things up. That wild video about it, that, I can't remember who it was, that was just basically explaining the fact that in so many ways insinuating that Azriel and Eris are mates because how they always be finding each other and then just that deep-seated, because it's one of those when the male finds their mate, they go like insane. So when you have two males that might be mates and she has talked about having more LGBTQ representation in her relationships and mates think about it how are they always be finding each other how they always know what each other's doing the way that Azriel barely responded to tamlin whenever you know how you speak to my high lady and then eris like sneezes and then he like (laughs) tackles him across the table and has him in by the neck and he's like gonna fucking carve his heart out you know his dick was throbbing the whole time it's honestly two closeted gay men that they just don't know how to bang I it out with Harris each other is closeted. you think he's closeted you think he's not his dad you think i, his, I said i said he's the only one asriel they're they're like it's well known that asriel hooks up with all kinds of people. oh with everybody okay no you're right yeah, no, Eris is definitely closeted because Baron would have nothing to do with that. He's that. He watches if he watches Fox News and <laughs> <laughs> wears a red hat. Like yeah. I said what I said. What? He does. I red hair, I red hat. You. What do you want? Yeah. yeah, he had to match it. His glowing skin might be a little bit of an orange tinge. Neither here nor there. Self tanner. But he think about it. Like the more I watched that, the more I was like, dear God. That made me think though. In Silver Flame, whenever Cassian and Azrael are waiting out for Eris when Queen Briallen has him. Yeah, but Cassian is terrified that Nesta is dead. 
And Azrael's like, she's not. You would know. Yeah, because of her being. Does he say something similar about Eris? I'm almost positive that I think that it's right there. (laughs) I was like, I think he does. And so that's why the Azrael thing is not. People are like, it's a crack ship. But is it? I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is. And I think that maybe like Azrael, while we not ever coming out, but basically he's bisexual. And then I don't think he'd ever be opposed to jumping into bed with Cassian and Nesta whenever they were all in the House of Wind together. I would. Sorry, Casey. But with that big hunk of a man and that insane woman asked me, I wouldn't say no. But yeah, there's just the way that she pointed it out in that video. There was so many moments that you're like, how do they? Because what was it? There was also something about that. Eris was like, yeah, when I found your shadow singer or your spy in the woods, like he's supposed to be damn near impossible to find or to track. That's the whole point of him. He's been able to sneak into the human lands. He's been able to like, other than the wards and stuff around the human queens, he, he, he's been able to get close enough to where no one has detected him. He's in the fucking woods, in the Feylands. lands. How the fuck does Eris find him? No one else can see him or find him for days. Yeah. The, I just read on in the paperback of Silver Flame in 674, but he would know if Nesta were dead. In his heart, his soul, he'd sense it, would feel it, and mate always did, even if she'd rejected that bond. But that's not them talking. They do have a verbal back and forth about this yes i'm almost positive unless we made up some crack ship along the way cassian says on 679 of the paperback brielle and hassan over here cassian said as he alit his latest aerial survey completed you think she's waiting for us to make a move i think the better question is if eris is still alive asriel murmured Shadows whispering in his ear. I can't get a read on it. That's not really telling of anything. Cassian's, I told you the place is guarded with as many wards as the House of Wind. If Brielle is moving Eris, we'll be better off catching him then. Maybe the merchant was wrong. A merchant had told Asriel that a red-haired fae went into the castle. Maybe. We'll continue surveillance through tomorrow. Asriel crossed his arms. I know you want to help Nesta. Maybe Amran can find some loophole in the laws. I swear Asriel tells him you would know if she was dead. Oh my gosh. Googled Asriel and Eris mates. And then I found on Reddit where it says, y'all, Asriel's mate is Eris. Spoilers for the whole Akatar series below. It says, I don't think either Gwen or Elaine is as his mates. Eris is. Hear me out. And it literally starts. Exhibit A. <laughs> okay. Okay, I see you. I see you. Exhibit A. Okay, Exhibit A. It's getting uh, a redemption. I found art. it. Oh, I you found it. it? Oh, Cassian stared toward the castle. You think she's alive? The question haunted him with every breath these last few days. You'd know if she died, Asriel said, pointing, pausing his work and looking up at Cassian. He tapped his brother's chest with a scarred hand. Right here, you'd know, Cass. And he says there are plenty of other unspeakable things that could be happening to her, to Emery, to Gwen. The shadows around deepened around Azrael, his siphons gleaming like cobalt fire. You, we, trained them well, Cassian. Trust in that. It's all we can do. Yeah, and I know that Azrael understands the concept 
of mates. But I don't know. There's just something so telling in in that. I know like it reads as he's just being that reassuring brother that. But so this part, this Reddit user, it's Reddit user Cad and Scoundrel. This was posted two years ago. Whoa. Okay, so Exhibit A, Eris is getting a redemption arc. They say it's glaringly obvious. He keeps hinting at a tragic backstory that could justify more. And uh, Jasmine, he's been risking his skin to help Reese in the greater good. God, the greater good. Keeping their secrets even before anyone threatens him. Even when he's tortured, he hates all the snakes at the Autumn Court, including his brothers and his fathers, except for Lucian, whom he went out of his way to save. In Akawar, not all he, quote, not all of us were so lucky in our family and friends as you, Resan. Then there's the scene with Cassian at the end of Akasif when Cass calls him a good male. More on that later. Team Night Court has already promised to help him take over the Autumn Court, so that will be one of the books. My guess is... He'll need Nesta's political skills and Asriel's spine when he does. Nesta is going to be his wingman, forgive the pun, while they root out the bad factions there and as an heiress fall in love in the grand tradition of our favorite trope. Exhibit B, enemies to lovers. No one hates heiress more than as, and we love an enemies to lovers story in this genre. The hatred as carried for Eris is too intense not to turn into something. Helion even gave us the foreshadowing at the meeting of the High Lords and Lady. In Akawar, he grinned at Asriel. You handing Eris's ass to him will be my new fantasy at night, by the way. <laughs> We've gotten a hint that Eris feels particularly invested in forgiveness from one person among the inner circle. At the end of Akasif, when Cassian sees Eris at the Court of Nightmares, he asks why Eris left more in the woods. Iris responds, you're not the person I want to explain myself to. Cassian assumes it's more, but Iris has said that more already knows why he did it. And then it says see below. So we'll get there. It could be that he wants to talk to Reese. Oh, I love that. No, it's definitely. Oh, that's real. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. It could be that he wants to talk to Reese, but since Reese already works with him pretty easily, that doesn't seem hugely likely. He refused to explain it to Feyre and Akawar and said he doesn't care what she thinks of him. That leaves Az and Amran, the latter of whom has had almost no interaction with him. So really, he doesn't care about Amran. He's never, there's truly never really been an insinuation that he gives a shit about her. Not that he's, oh, I hate her, but just like, there is no relationship building for that. And then it says, so Eris wants to explain himself to Asriel because he loves him and he knows As hates him. It wouldn't surprise me if Eris needles more because it's the way he can get As to speak to him. And then it's exhibit C. Eris is gay. <laughs> and then it says, and he knows it. <laughs> the way you said it so deadpan was just like so funny. SJM has given us hints when Eris talks about what happened with Moore. And I definitely, second read, picked up way more of this vibe than I did the first time. At the meeting with, is it, how do you pronounce, is it Cure? Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Okay. Because that's why I was like, hold on. Now, you'll be like, no, it's Kier. And I'll be like, they say Kier. Okay, okay, good. So at the meeting with Kier in the inner circle in Akawar, um, it says, I wouldn't have touched you, he said to Moore. I know why you did it. Again, that secret smile that had Moore shrinking. 
So I gave you your freedom, ending the betrothal in no uncertain terms. And then in Akasif, Eris nodded to where Moore watched them from beside. Sorry, this is very dark. Okay, hang on. Eris nodded to where Moore watched them from beside Feyre and Reese. Her face neutral and aloof. She knows the truth, but has never revealed it because she is afraid of it. Both Eris and Moore grew up in societies obsessed with bloodline, where homosexuality was unacceptable. They have that thing in common, and he saw his own struggle in her. But she isn't comfortable enough with herself to extend the same empathy to him and clock why he might know her secret. Because he is also gay. Yeah. But what about when he asked to marry Nesta in Akasif? I hear you. Red herring. It's the easiest way to keep... This is me. It's the easiest way to keep Baron off of his back. Yeah. And then they go on to say he wanted her because she could be a perfect political asset in the autumn court. Beautiful, callous, powerful, sharp, savvy, and merciless was exactly what he needed there. Plus, it would tie him more tightly to the inner circle, which our lost boy clearly wants. I see you in your night court black heiress. To wit... And then it's, quote, Eris's eyes gleamed with wanton desire as he drank in Nesta's smile, the glow about her. He knew what Nesta might become with a little ambition, the right guidance. And later, when he asks Reese for her hand, which he does as soon as she starts dancing with Az, lust glazed Eris's eyes, covetous, calculating lust. Cassian swallowed his growl. I mean that whatever you want, I'll give it to you in exchange for her as my bride. He jerked his chin to the box with the dagger at Reese's feet. I'd rather have her than that. He compares her to a weapon because to Eris, Nesta and the knife can both do the same job. He just knows she'll be better at it. Cassian picks up on it a beat later. From the shadows in his eyes, Cassian knew something more lay beneath the rash offer, something that even as his spies hadn't picked up on in the autumn court. Yeah, because Eris is gay, and so is Az, and his shadows are like, nah, like, no. And then it says, none of that indicates Eris wants Nesta because he's wildly in lust for her. Every time SJM attributes a carnal word to his want, desire, and lust, she twists it to refer to power, ambition, and calculating. There's something going on at the Autumn Court, and Eris wants Nesta as his ally in dealing with it. And I do think that, as far as like a political move, really, truly was his motive, was to just basically keep himself never ne- keep himself w- in, within the inner circle and never fall out of being needed by Resand at any point. But then I do think it obviously grows deeper with Asriel. But I think on the surface, it was definitely just to make sure that he secured his seat as the High Lord of the Autumn Court. This is after he's seen her manage... Wait, hold on. And Eris wants Nesta as his ally in dealing with it. This is after he's seen her manage himself, help Cassian, and effectively threaten Tamlin at their secret meeting in the spring court. He already knew she was good at the game, and at the ball he found out how presentable she is at court and likely guessed how much she'll do out of loyalty. He knows he needs that on his team, and he doesn't hope to live openly in a court that would never accept his rule if he married a male. So he's ready to settle for a teammate instead of a real mate. And then exhibit D, fire and ice, discord and order. 
opposites attract in YA fantasy. And while Akatar was was considered YA fantasy, clearly Akasif is not. Yeah. Yeah. But it did start out as YA. And so, and as is frequently described as the coldest of the inner circle. In Akamath, when they're interrogating the Adar, Reese thinks to himself, people often made the mistake of assuming Cassian was the wilder one, the one who couldn't be tamed. But Cassian was all hot temper, temper that could be used to forge and weld. There was an icy rage in Asriel I had never been able to thaw. Who better to thaw at our iciest bat boy than a lord of fire? <laughs> this one is a bit of a stretch, but I'm adding it in there anyways. Eris in mythology is the Greek goddess of chaos and discord, which I think I have talked about briefly. Interestingly, she's given credit for both fighting that destroys and competition that motivates. Side note. Oh, she's sidebar. She is most famous for starting the Trojan War by throwing a golden apple, asking which goddess is most beautiful, which I'm betting will be parallels, which I'm betting we'll see parallels the autumn court coup storyline. Asriel, meanwhile, is the angel of death in the Judeo-Christian tradition, maintaining order by guiding souls into the afterlife, which literally just touched on the Hades and Persephone stuff and Asriel's name meeting. So you guys have heard it from us before. In Islamic tradition, he even helps keep damned souls in hell. So their names both come from paradoxical mythological figures, one showing the benefits of discord, the other showing the bitter side of order. And then exhibit E, as is adventurous, sexy time antics. Ooh, that's our newest podcast. Um, TM, 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 TM. <laughs> By now, we all know the Bat Boys used to indulge together with their partners. And SJM has already hinted that Az has had the most adventurous sexual histories of them all. Even so, we've never seen any of Az's lovers. He's been in love with more for so long that we're all just assuming he's straight. But don't think it's... Much of a leap to assume he's bi and SJM is keeping it under wraps to lead us astray or that he's been in love with more so long that he assumes he's straight, which that really does happen. You have such a platonic love for somebody that you think that is end all be all and you might have an f- attraction to them. But let's be honest, there's been plenty of freaking Days and gays that have been like, wait a minute. Oh, no, this is not. <laughs> I was wrong. Discovering yourself. It's a journey. Okay, so that he assumes he's straight and he'll have to grapple with his sexual identity when he starts catching feelings while growling in Eris's face. Mm. <sighs> Bonus. If he has to manage that relationship, it could help more feel comfortable talking to him about herself and could repair their friendship, clearing the air before more in Emery's story. Memory. Memory. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, that was a fun ride. And so all of those quote unquote crap shit or crap shit. <laughs> Honestly. What is with you in poop today? <laughs> This is the poop episode. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, so Azris, forever and ever, amen. Dear, sweet, eight-pound infant baby Jesus, please give us Azris as end game. Not a crap ship. (laughs) 
What about Gwen? Forever and ever. Amen. If Gwen isn't related to Tamlin, she could be with Tamlin. (laughs) Don't do that to her. Stop doing. No. He's going to like run off into the wilds. Stay in his beast form forever. He's going to die. You think he's going to die? Nah. Nah. I don't think he's going to die. I think he's going to go on to live a lonely existence, one that he deserves. I think you need to learn a little thing (laughs) from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. (laughs) And it's called forgiveness. (laughs) There's a whole book about it. me (laughs) you know what i found today it's not really like a tell me hang on you can't be like no what i found hold on i'm good i gotta google it to verify that i'm making an assumption oh you know what happens when you assume makes an ass out of you not me i hate that face (laughs) i know (laughs) you're the worst okay so i always assumed that this was just like a crescent moon but it's really not because it's like more than a crescent moon, right? Or is it not? I feel like it's less than a crescent moon. It looks like a coffee stain on it. So uh, if you Google image a crescent moon, <laughs> it's only like half. I guess it depends. Uh, apparently, it's really up to interpretation. But you know what this is? What? A scythe moon. Do you know what the packet that is Sabine it, in is called? Is it? It might be Danica. It might be the whole wolf pack in Lunathian. The whole wolf pack. Wolf pack. <laughs> that whole big wolf pack. They're called the Scythe Moon Pack. And I was like, oh, I did not remember that. Why is everything about Danica? I don't know. Because I don't even like her. God. I was looking up stuff about the horn because... I listened to this week's episode today. The French horn? Yeah, I finished it. And we're like, when you were like trying to convince me that it was from age born, born, and I'm like, (laughs) that is not a thing. It's bone. God, you know what? Emily is a human. And I know, I love that. And I truly was just convinced that maybe this was just something I didn't know. I don't know. We like to talk about born stuff. Yeah. I went looking, but I listen. I had you convinced. Try, you, to, you were like, "I'm on board," but I feel if I would have only said it once, you would have said nothing. But because I had to keep saying it, you're like, "Wait." <laughs> I had to, yeah. So I was like, just trying to look up in Earth and Blood what they say about it. Well, I mean, all it is is filler. I could just, if looks could kill, let me tell you. Because we haven't created an entire podcast about the fact that it's not, not filler. filler. <laughs> Hours of yeah. content about what how if it's I, not filler. What if it was one of those situations where I'm just a huge skeptic the entire time? You're like, okay, I'm going to tell you all this. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all filler. It's fluff. It, I can't freaking find it now, of course. But I swear I read that and I was like, oh. I just Googled it. Met five years ago as a freshman at Crescent City University. Danica's grandfather is the prime of the Valbarn wolves. Her mother is Sabine, alpha of the Scythe Moon Pack. There you go. 
Is there- it might not mean anything. I just thought it was interesting. I'd never heard of a scythe moon before. And then I looked no. it up and I was like, oh, that's so that's the symbol. Is it a part of the regular like moon cycle? Lunar cycle? I don't. Okay, let's see. I think it's actually called oh, like a it's moon a, scythe. It, it's it, like a weapon. It's a sickle moon. There's a weapon. Oh, because if I, I just looked up for. Oh, yes. No, there is. It's so it's a scythe is a weapon. It's. Basically, it, it's what like the Grim Reaper. Whenever you see anything with the Grim Reaper, no, that because that's like a half. This is like a full-on circle. Oh, that looks very Viking-esque. I'm trying to learn about it. You're doing a great job. You know so much. <laughs> I just don't know why you're such an asshole. <laughs> you made me this way. I just don't know how. There, There's no one else. There's no one else. It's you. Have you found anything else about your uh, scythe? No, but moon? do we know how many pages Flame and Shadow is yet? I thought it was a thousand. Because like, if you look at this screenshot, that looks like a big boy. Oh, no. It looks huge. How many pages? I don't know if that's listed on the pre-order stuff or not. Flame and Shadow. Oh, it's only 848. That's it? That's three normal people books. Right. <laughs> what is it? There's this girl that was on uh that was on Bookstagram and she was like, "So, if I read a 600 over 600 page book, can I count that as two books because she's like some of you people out here that are over here reading basically novellas and I'm over here fully invested in a book bigger than the Bible." Were you like, obsessed with the pumpkin that I sent you? Yes. Isn't that wild? Yes. Also very upsetting that it's not in a plastic pumpkin, that it was in a real pumpkin. You're definitely going to be able to get a lot better, obviously, detail in that. But it's, oh, you can't preserve that forever. I know, like, crazy. I would have gotten one of those, like, styrofoam pumpkins and done it like that and then just freaking sealed the shit out of that with the clear coat spray paint stuff. And you could sell that in an auction. I would give a kidney for that. What? You only need one. True. I need one kidney and one of those pumpkins that looks like the Crescent <laughs> City. <laughs> and I'm a whole person. There you go. <laughs> what I lost, I gained. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's see. Hold on. I'm on. It took me to Barnes and Noble because I was like, I just, you know, sometimes you find some of those things and you're like, hold on. I don't believe that. Oh, I haven't seen this. The Importance of Bryce's Star, A Theory by Emily. Hold on. I don't know if it's a repost. If it has anything to do with Bryce's true power, get off of it. Oh, no. This is talking about how Regalia states that the star in Bryce's chest is a beacon. So the true, to the true homeworld of the Fae, Prithian. And then she says in Throne of Glass, SJM also uses the word beacon to describe the Lord of the North and its constellation in the sky. The King of the North, Jon Snow? Yeah. Okay. Uh, It said if you look up in the sky and you find the Lord of the North constellation, you will always be able to find your way home to Terrison. All right. I believe that the star in Bryce's chest and the Lord of the North constellation serve the same purpose. The Lord of the North guides Aelin and her people back home to Terrison, and Bryce's star guides her people back home to Prithian to the Dusk Court. And as a rather poetic foreshadowing of this, in Akasef, we are told that the prison island, the Dusk Court, appears to be abandoned. However, it's also said that something great once existed on the island and then vanished, that the island still waited for it to return, which Regelius tells Bryce that she's from her version of Faye or something, I forget how he says it, is from like an island off the something, 
He, yes. He says that. Yeah, yeah. It's a very specific thing that he says to her that insinuates the dust court. Then in in Earth and Blood, whenever Bryce and Hunt are like walking through a garden of flowers, she's not supposed to be there. That's the one. That, this pissed me off. Hunt like decides to go out with his friends for the first time ever, like to the bar. And he's like, just stay here. And she's like, I will. And then like an hour later, she goes off by herself yes. and is like in a garden and then gets attacked by a Christalos. I'm like, really, Bryce, you couldn't give the man one night right? off. You- just sit your ass down, watch fangs and bangs, leave shit be. Anyways. In your bra and underwear, because that's your calling card. You make the that, poor man like sweat me. that sweat over you from the top of the building while like you're walking he, around vacuuming in your bra and panties and just let him go drink a beer. He literally asks for like, can you please stay here for one night? Yeah, she's just, just three hours. Anyways, three hours. Hunt Hunt notices this, that the flowers, the garden seems to awaken for her. And this is during dusk, twilight. Bryce possesses. <gasps> Wait, Thea's, Edward and Jacob? Yes. Okay. Bryce possesses Thea's exact starlight. And the light of the starborn queen who ruled the prison island, the dust court, the very island that has been waiting for its people to return. Thus, I believe that when Bryce steps foot on the island, it will finally awaken and bloom the dust court queen home once again. Oh, that would be so cool. That would be really cool. That would actually be like very cinematic in my head. I imagined like Wizard of Oz when it becomes color in the beginning. No, I understand what you're saying. That's not what I imagined. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine something like that, like everything like comes alive or like Tafiti, Moana. Oh, I was thinking like very Akatar, not Akatar, Avatar. I've never seen it. Oh, I was thinking whenever Moana returns to the heart to Tafiti and she becomes, goes from being a lava monster back to her beautiful flowery sleeping self. Have you never seen Moana? Yes, I've seen Moana. Okay. Why are you looking at me like? Because I thought you were talking about Moana herself, not... No, oh, she returns to Ka, the big scary lava monster. And she, instead of yeah. running away, she like walks up and sticks the heart right in. And then they're like, oh. Oh, I thought you were calling like the big scary lava monster Moana. And I was like, she never becomes a big scary lava oh, monster. That's, that's why I was looking at you like that. No. Okay. I oh. know every word to every song on the soundtrack. Of course you do. I'm very good at singing Dwayne Johnson's part too. And I bet you are. I'm real good at it. Okay. And Milo doesn't fart. There's two lies in there. See, you're, you bully me. And you're like, <laughs> say that I'm mean. I'm not mean. You bully me. I've just had to learn how to defend myself. <laughs> From what? Everyone. I actually used to be like, I was that kid that would say they were sorry all the time. I could freaking squeak my shoe and be like, sorry. I'm not sorry anymore. Fuckers. Okay. We're spiraling because I just about to start. I almost started reading you this theory and we cannot do that. We have to save it for another episode. We could go on for 15,000 years. I caught that reference. Okay. Just like I told you why our episodes drop on Thursday. 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 (laughs) The day of Thur. For Thur. Of Thur. By Thur. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Guys, Thur. Hunt. <laughs> they get it. Okay. I didn't know if this was like a Door of the Explorer episode where they're like, same map. And like. <laughs> I said it. Did die. 
Can you say math? Swiper, no swiping. He's swiping your shit. (laughs) And Boots does nothing. (laughs) That monkey could rip that fox's face off in the real. (laughs) Oh, God. Why? You're scary. (laughs) Not as scary as that salad fingers. Google search. Speaking of, I did not eat my giant salad today that I was craving. I'm still craving it. My body is, please eat a vegetable. Please. You saw the whole box of corn dogs at my (laughs) I'm like, you know what? I'm craving a cucumber. You're like, I want broccoli so bad. And I'm like, look, Casey bought me corn dogs. (laughs) I tell you what I want. I want what I really want. Yeah. Tell me what you want, what you really want. I want to. I like the I like the salad bar at Jason's. Yeah. That's bitching. (laughs) We should have met there for lunch today. What were we thinking? Damn it. I might have to go tomorrow as I want a salad so bad. I also make a pretty good one at home. You ever had the Southwest salad kits from. Are we on a cruise line and they're getting ready to tell us my bedtime to go to reminder. the muster station? It's telling me to go to bed. I have an alarm set for tomorrow morning. It's you should start winding down at 1130. What time's your alarm set for in the morning? Because I need to set mine for 545. Absolutely not. Oh, God, how long is your sleep cycle? Mine's like three hours. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I am the way I am. Look, I'm going on vacation with these bags under my eyes. Check it out. <laughs> hey, new luggage. <laughs> I'm miserable. <laughs> I really want to get under eye filler. I'm contemplating it now. <laughs> no, there's a we had a whole talk about your under eye filler. And I cut, I think I cut it all out of the podcast where it was like, I was reading through and I was like, oh man, I really came for her about that under eye. (laughs) See, you're mean. Yep. So my phone's at, my phone battery is at 20% and I'm at 5% just myself, my body, because neither one of us are eating vegetables properly. (laughs) But you bet your ass I ate a GD Ritzy's grilled chicken sandwich and french fries and cheese today. I had a happy meal. Oh, so I just had the adult version of what you... I I was like eating the fries. I don't really love it. Warren loves McDonald's, but I do... Me too, but I haven't had it for five years. I know. So I was like literally eating the fries and I don't normally eat the fries because I'm like, yeah, these aren't good, but they were like really good today. And Uh I was like, I'm not going to tell Kelly about this because it's really going to hurt her feelings. Oh, and here we are. You drug it out of me. Oh. Did I tell you about the one time I walked into my coworker's office and I turned around? She's like, where are you going? I And then I just stood in the hallway and I was like, your office smells like McDonald's French fries, you stupid slut. <laughs> also, can we Yeah, talk but about- did I not bring you a chicken tinder basket from Dairy Queen with French fries? Yeah, but it's not McDonald's. So what's the difference? That it's McDonald's. It's just crack? Yes. It okay. has nothing to do with the French fries. Like we make like air fried French fries and stuff all the time. It's not okay. French fries. It's. I thought you were just trying not to eat no, like so fries, the fa- period. Okay. I like that you're like, oh, I wasn't going to tell you about French fries, but I was going to tell you about my happy meal from McDonald's. That's my real kryptonite. I wasn't going to tell you about any of it. Then what did you have? Nugs or a burger? I had nuggets with their new, <laughs> the new sauce they have. I don't know what it is. Sweet and spicy jam. It's hot. It's hotter. It reminds me of a Polynesian sauce. That's what I was about to ask. But you. it's like spicy. Is it? So there's like the Polynesian. We're talking Chick-fil-A Polynesian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Lord's chicken. Oh my God. Speaking of the Lord's chicken. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yesterday I sent you that picture of myself where I was eating my spicy chicken sandwich in the Coles parking lot because 
Uh, yesterday was a day that I was in my building at work for no more than 45 minutes. And the rest of it, I was running around town getting shit ready for stuff. And so I took that moment to uh, go to Chick-fil-A because I was like, I need the Lord and his chicken You're to get me through this day. You're such a millennial. God. So embarrassing. <laughs> Don't get me started about you, you slut. Anyways. And so I'm sitting in the Coles parking lot. And also I pulled up and parked in my spot. And then I noticed that I was like facing a car, but they were like off kilter. So they weren't like head on for me. They were just like off to the side. Definitely a woman in there that I'm pretty sure just stared at me the entire time that I ate my chicken. But I'm here to tell you what right now that spicy chicken sandwich that I had yesterday was the spiciest chicken sandwich I've ever had from Chick-fil-A. And like my nose was running and I love like spicy food. And, but whoa, man. And so I'm here to tell you right now, rebranding that it was Satan's chicken yesterday because it was just that hot and spicy, like the fires of hell. Wow. And it was delicious and I'm here for it. And if that's what hell is like, I will just knock down that door and just live in that sin for the rest of my life. Cause it was good. It was so good. Oh. And no, it was so good. Give myself over to lucifer for that chicken he was like i'm a reeler in he's like she's dipping those fries in that chick-fil-a sauce <laughs> can't smother this hotness with that chick-fil-a okay, so have sauce. you read have you read that book sign here i have it but no i think it was my book of the month or whatever yeah i've never read it, was it about someone eating a spicy chicken no, sandwich it's about hell yeah it, obviously there's well, a pitchfork on the front of it well, kayla from book club yeah she loves like horror books and stuff. Yes. So she was like describing that to us because she loved that book. And she was like telling us that the book, it's like the main character guy, like whenever you go to hell, you have to like, basically it sounds like an MLM. Like you have to like get so yes. many other people committed to hell. And, but she was like describing it's hell. A- yeah. <laughs> she was like describing hell. There's like different layers of hell, but on one of the layers, like in, in hell, there's no water. The only beverage to drink is Jägermeister. <laughs> <laughs> she's one of the levels, like everything, it's, it's not bad. It's just like really inconvenient. Yes, like, yes. It just sounded really funny to me. It's very much like me. The Good Place. I only watched a little bit of that. We, I I think that we just didn't ever watch the last season. When As soon as they were like, this, this is, is the, the good place. place. This is the bad place. I was like, oh, I'm bored. Oh, listen, I just kept waiting for. Listen, uh, I'm not very good at watching TV. You're just. You know what? Never mind. That was going to be an impulsive answer. <laughs> and you know what? I want, I'm going to go ahead and use your line and say, you know what? That was growth because I did not just growth. T- it was growth because I did not flat tell you that it's you're not, not good TV. at anything. <laughs> it's not just TV that you're not good at watching. You're not good at anything. Thanks. I didn't say it. You thought it and that was enough. I stopped myself. It was like an impulsive thought that I was like, nope. I really don't watch TV ever. I, watch, I really don't I watch anymore. occasional movies. I don't know the last time I like sat and watched a TV show. Casey I don't, don't really watch Netflix. I don't watch any of that. I'll watch like docuseries every once in a while because I'm just very into like true crime and stuff. But so then I feel like people are like, okay, what do you do? I'm like, if I'm not working, which I work a lot. Right. I work for myself, but right. I love what I do. So I'm constantly thinking about business right. and working and blah, blah, blah. Or I'm reading. Or I'm... What are you reading? I'm learning something. Hashtag this podcast. Yeah. 
Hashtag a court of theories. I just signed up for a year of uh, BBC Maestro. It's like the... <laughs> what? It's called growth. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Is it because I said BBC? It, yeah, British Broadcasting Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny, Kelly? Tell the Tell the class. If you were comfortable enough to write it down, you should be comfortable enough to say it in front of everyone. You sounded like our teacher that told me my opinion was wrong. I, I knew. That's why I did it. Anyways. Listen. It's like the British version. Of, I'm comfortable of, saying it, but you're not. It's like the British version. Not on air. I didn't say it. <laughs> on air. Like we're being broadcast over the waves. The British Broadcasting <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Is it company or channel? I don't know. It doesn't Anyways, matter. it's the British. They don't know. They don't say it's, it's they a, don't say words it's rat. A, <laughs> it's essentially the British like master <laughs> you so much. It's the British master class. But I'm taking one by Alan Moore right now about writing and it's actually very good. But I took I did master class for a while. I did the James Patterson one. I did the a couple other writing ones. They were okay, but I didn't feel yeah. like anything was like world changing. Uh, yeah, I feel like it was like super like high level not type enemies stuff. Enemies to lovers. No, it was like oh. super high level type stuff. One like bed. not really. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm never coming back here. <laughs> it's called growth. <laughs> It's called boundaries. You'll never see me again. Get a good look. I thought you were going to say it's called boundaries. You'll never understand. <laughs> also that for myself or for anyone else. Are you reading the acknowledgments in the Crescent no, I'm, City? I'm looking at her like a oh. lava body. She's Taka. Just kidding. But there's like lava pouring out of her lock. Yes, we've talked about it. What was the lot? What did we say about the lava? Did we say about, the, I know we talked about the lock. No. Yeah. I just remember. Oh, look, it's a lock with a heart in it. Or it's a heart shaped lock. Is that because she's. It's La Hava. She's Malala Firebringer. Yeah. I think that was the whole thing. But also it's. Is it Mala or Malala? <laughs> Nala? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. That's La Hava. Am, am I was going to say, am I combining Mala <laughs> yes. and La Hava? Yes. Yes, you are. Malala. Yes, you are. Okay. Is there someone famous named Malala? Am I making this up? Why does it sound so familiar? Do I just pronounce Malala's name wrong I, all the time in my head? Whenever you read the physical book and it's not the audio book, that's how you're pronouncing it. I have to look this up. Is, is it M-A-L-A? Oh, an M-L-M. No. There is. She's a Pakistan. Isn't she the one that's literally my name is Malala? Yes. Okay. I, I was like book. that. I know that's someone's name. That I sounds so familiar. I thought you were familiar. talking about in Crescent City. I I'm talking about Throne of Glass. I'm just got it lo- wrong. <laughs> I'm so tired, <laughs> guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> While Olivia is examining the end papers of her book, whenever we could just look at it on the front of the newly released paperbacks of the same. I actually opened this to see how many pages it was. How many did you say Flame and Shadow is? 878? This is 803. Oh. I swore that whenever they first did it, that they were saying it was going to be over a thousand. While you're looking that up, we're going to wrap things up. Okay. Okay. So thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram or TikTok at Accord of Theories. 
become a patron and support the show and pay your spring tithe on Patreon. If you have any unhinged theories, email them at acourtoftheories at gmail.com. You can listen to the show on all your favorite platforms. And I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening every Thursday. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Okay, bye.